episode 26. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal? Simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can, and I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life, and if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. One of my favorite times of the year is what we in America call the holidays. It really starts at Thanksgiving and it goes right through Christmas, Hanukkah to New Year's Eve. And most of us love this time of year. I mean, whether you are celebrating Christmas or not, it just, everything looks more beautiful, right? You have all the twinkling lights everywhere. All that holiday music is playing in all the stores. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Or maybe it's the cozy clothes we all get to wear. Even in LA, I can break out my Doc Martens and jeans and put on a cozy sweater. I have such fond memories as a kid. My parents would take us, me, my brother and sister, to New York City, to Rockefeller Center. We would do ice skating under that big, beautiful Christmas tree. Years ago when my wife and I were dating, we went ice skating there. We took our four kids there through the years. And just walking around and looking at the windows of Macy's and Bloomingdale's and all the department stores... And I even remember the smell of those chestnuts that they were roasting on like different corners all around the city. It's just amazing. Just, just magical. And how much do we love movies centered around the holidays? How the Grinch stole Christmas. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. How about the great John Hughes comedy, Home Alone? You guys give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty for more. Keep the change, you filthy animal. A Christmas Carol from the 1951 version, of course, starring Alistair Sim. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm as light as a feather. <laughs> I'm, as happy as a, I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street. Seems we're all so busy trying to beat the other fellow in making things go faster and look shinier and cost less that Christmas and I are sort of getting lost in the shuffle. Oh, I don't think so. Christmas is still Christmas. Oh, Christmas isn't just a day. It's a frame of mind. My wife's favorite Christmas movie, A Christmas Story. There it is. The holy grail of Christmas gifts. The Red Rider 200-shot range model air rifle. And one of my favorite holiday movies of all time, (laughs) Die Hard. (laughs) Yes, that is considered a Christmas movie, okay? The list goes on. 
but perhaps my personal favorite holiday movie, which we watch as a family every single year on New Year's Eve, is Frank Capra's 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life. It's definitely considered to be one of the greatest films of all time, nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture. The movie stars Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore. And when the movie came out, a lot of people don't realize that it was a flop. I mean, yes, it was nominated for a lot of awards, but it didn't do well in the box office. And years later, there was uh, apparently some clerical contract error made where the film's copyright wasn't renewed. The film was put into public domain, and now it could be shown on television for free. And it caught on with audiences around the world. Uh, People saw it every year and discovered it for the masterpiece that it really is. And if you're listening to this episode and you haven't seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life, or you haven't shared it with your kids, then boom, there's your next family movie night. And the story centers around this guy, George Bailey, played by Jimmy Stewart, who since the time he was a little kid had big dreams. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and a year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. He's like every single one of us. He wants to do big things. He's a dreamer. He wants to live a life of awesome. We also see throughout his life that he's always been very sensitive to the needs of others. Not only being sensitive to the needs of others, but even more amazing, he's constantly sacrificed his own wants to give to other people. So much so that he ends up never being able to leave the little town of Bedford Falls to pursue his dreams. His father runs a a company, the Bailey Brothers Building and Loan, which provides money for other people to be able to pay for houses and live somewhat normal lives. There's even a sign in George's father's office that says, quote, all you can take with you is that which you have given away. Not amazing. It's beautifully framed in the corner on a wall. Basically, what it's telling us is that when we are dead someday, all we will really have at that moment is what we've given. That's it. That is the mission statement of George's father. And after George's father dies within the first 25 minutes of the movie, There's an incredible scene where the board of executives is all meeting to decide what to do with his father's company. And on the board is the antagonist, the villain of the picture, Mr. Potter. He's this old guy who's incredibly wealthy, owns all the town, and he's pushing the board to sell the remaining shares to him so he can finally dissolve the company and control everything. And all because a few starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey stir them up and fill their head with a lot of impossible ideas. Well, George overhears this meeting going on, storms into the room, and defends his father's legacy. Just a minute now, hold on, Mr. Potter. Just a minute. Now, you're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap penny ante building alone, I'll never know. But neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character because his whole life was... Why, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? He didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. 
But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. And what's wrong with that? People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. You see, George knows what is important in life, and he knows what isn't important. He knows in his mind clearly that true wealth isn't defined by a person's cash. It's defined by a person's character. But it's one thing to know something, and it's another thing to make it real, to make it part of us. You see, he hasn't internalized this important idea yet. But the board is so inspired by George's plea for his father's vision that they appoint him the new head of the company. Now he sacrifices yet again his dreams of leaving Bedford Falls to do the right thing. George feels that everything he wants has slipped through his fingers. And don't we all feel at times, if not most of the time, that we wish we had more? And by the way, that's what the marketing of the holidays really is selling us, isn't it? Constantly reminding us all the things we really don't have. You should buy this, buy this phone, buy this car, buy this sweater. Convincing us we need those things to be happy in life. Just listen to Jonah Sachs, co-founder of Free Range Studios. We see 3,500 of them a day. And the majority of them basically tell us, you suck, and if you don't buy this product, you're not going to be rich enough, smart enough, hot enough. And so we walk around being told 3,500 times a day how deficient and lame we are. You see those stories in the news, what happens in those superstores over Black Friday. People are screaming, fighting over things, trampling each other, trying to get more and more and more. An angry mob pushed in the doors at a Walmart on Long Island and trampled a sales clerk to death. Bargain hunting on Black Friday has gotten dangerous in recent years, pushing, shoving, the occasional fist fight. And when we hear those stories of people who are actually being trampled to death, we start thinking how sick a person must be to trample someone just so they could get their TV. And while maybe we wouldn't be the ones who are trampling someone to death, how much time do we actually put into thinking about all the things that we think we need in order to make ourselves happy? If we stop and look at our lives and think of all the things we don't have, then we can fall into the trap that George falls into, which is feeling that our life is meaningless. And there's a dramatic moment where George's Uncle Billy mistakenly loses an incredibly large sum of money. I think it's like five or $8,000, which back then was, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And George, being the new head of the company, he's responsible and realizes that he will probably end up in jail if they don't find that money. Where's that money, you silly, stupid old fool? Where's that money? You realize what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. That's what it means. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. His future is certainly doomed, and he is in complete desperation. And he realizes he's actually worth more dead than alive because of his life insurance policy. So he decides to take his own life. He decides to give up. Look, I'm not going to give everything away here. But I will say he meets up with a very special person who gives him a great gift. The ability to see what the world would be like if he had never been born. You've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like without you. Because the best way to appreciate what we have is to contemplate what it would be to lose it. And George ends up running through the town and sees a very different reality. 
Mr. Potter has taken over Bedford Falls. He sees everyone in his community that he helped throughout all the years. Well, now they're in despair. They're poverty-stricken. They're in pain because he was never there to save them. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? And his perspective finally changes. He realizes that even though he's feeling worthless and that he thinks his life is meaningless, he sees the positive impact he's had on others. And he finally says, Get me back! Get me back! I don't care what happens to me! Get me back to my wife and kids! Help me, Clarence, please! Please! I want to live again! I want to live again! I want to live again! Please, God! Let me live again. He doesn't even care now that he's going to go to jail because he realizes his life mattered. Simply said, he shifts his mindset to not focusing on what he hasn't accomplished or what he doesn't have. Instead, to appreciating all the opportunities he has had to make an impact and give to others. He realizes that's where a life of meaning really comes from. There's a beautiful quote from famous author Charles Dickens who wrote, of course, A Christmas Carol. He said, quote, No one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of another. That's the clarity we need to have. And eventually George returns home and his wife has rounded up all the townspeople. And now as George finds himself in his greatest moment of need, the community that he sacrificed so much for over his life now comes to his aid to rescue and help him. They scattered all over town collecting money. Didn't ask any questions, just the George in trouble. Tell me. And George's brother, with the entire community standing around them, holds up a glass. To my big brother George, the richest man in town. That's the very same thing that George said about his father after he died. But now George realizes he's internalized it himself. He sees what makes a wonderful life? So he never left the town to pursue his dreams. He never got to get all those things he wanted out of life. But look what he got to give. It's a Wonderful Life. What a great title for that movie. And truthfully, there are so many ways that we can give. So many ways. You know, we can be giving with our words, you know, offering encouragement to another person. Um, they say that, you know, a person who refreshes another person really refreshes himself. Because at the end of the day, giving feels good. When you give someone uplifting messages or encouraging words, they're going through a tough time, it feels good. It, it means our life matters, it's meaningful. We can be giving with our money. Find charities that you believe in and give to them. Or find local people in your community who just may need a little extra financial assistance. You know, if you send your kids to summer camp, believe me, there's a family that wishes they could and can't afford it. Call up the camp and say, you know what, we want to give a little extra money to help maybe another family that can't afford to go. Find ways. Believe me, there are people around us constantly that just need a little extra financial help. And of course, you know, giving with our time. That really is the most valuable thing that we have because no matter what, we can never get more of it. Offer people in your community, hey, do you need help moving? Hey, you need a ride from the airport? Hey, do you want me to just listen? 
take a walk, meet you for coffee. Not just your friends, people that maybe the community are alone, people that feel isolated around this time of year. You know, they say the depression at the time of year of the holidays is at its highest point. People are more suicidal now because they're surrounded by the music and the lights and they feel maybe worse about their own lives. Maybe they don't have a family that wears pajamas together with their names knitted in and posting pictures on Facebook. Maybe they're all alone. How do we reach out to those people, especially this time of year, you know? Find people in your community who are alone and just invite them for dinner. Open your home. You know, there's so many people also in the community that are sick, whether it was COVID or a surgery that they're going through. Start a meal train. Have other people in the community cook a meal. This family will have a hot meal delivered to them from a different person every night of the week. There are so many opportunities around us for us to grow by giving. Inspirational quote of the week. This quote comes from the great Winston Churchill. He said, quote, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Listen to that again. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. You see, as we approach not just the holidays, But as we approach every day of our lives, we must make a conscious effort to make sure that our mind is not focused on all the things that we want to get. Instead, let's make the effort to remind ourselves that what truly makes a meaningful life is impacting other people, giving to other people. And sometimes when we give to other people, we need to give up things. Sacrificing what we want to give another person what they need. So George Bailey never got to leave Bedford Falls and go build buildings. Instead, he got to stay and build people, build lives, and really build his own life. If a person has a candle that's lit, and there's a person next to them that has a candle that's not lit, then it would be very simple to take the candle that's lit and light the candle that's not. You've just given another person fire. That could be light, that could be heat. That's incredible. You've given them something. You could change their lives, and you haven't lost anything. Giving up means, what if you have a candle that's lit and the other person just has nothing? Would you give them your candle then? Most people would say, maybe not, because then I would lose out. Would you lose out or would possibly you gain something even greater, impacting another person? Because when we give to another person and we look back at our lives, it's not a wonderful life. It's an awesome life. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life and not just a life that's good and not just a life that's great, but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome.
That's right. That's right. And a boy climbed. 